Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do Just what to do, just what to do If what you're feeling is really true Is it really true, is it really true Just keep your ideas safe and sound Safe and sound, safe and sound That's exactly how change is found Change is found, change is found I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass And in time this too shall pass I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass Jerry Petito taught the class I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass Loves the answer, the greener grass Everyone, you know I always bring it, right? Well, honey, I'm bringing something a little different today, something I love. You know, I always say I was born too late because I love the 50s and the 60s. Elvis is my guy. And I always share that if I wasn't, I was born in 61, but if I was a hippie in 60, I'd be wearing a black leather jacket, a poodle skirt, okay? I I had a mixture of both, but I also love my rock. Um, you know, I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin to, you know, uh, foreigner, all that, right? I love my rock and I've got an incredible, incredible guest today. And, um, he owns a piece of my heart now. He absolutely stole a little piece of it. And this young man, Sean Meehan, he is the front man for Trigger Mafia. I'm going to introduce him and let him tell us a little bit about himself. Hey, Sean, say hello to everyone. Hello, world. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. So, tell us a little bit about like what we're doing today. We're promoting a new album. Um, you you have something to do with Stallone guitars, I think. Also, yes, yes, all right, yes. Trigger I, Mafia. Tell us everything. Well, okay. Well, um, let's go back a little bit. Uh, this uh, Trigger Mafia started like I I always sort of tell people. It started out as rock and roll therapy. Um, I was in a previous band uh, that had been together for quite a while, and it was sort of winding down. And um, uh, the, some of us weren't showing up to rehearsal because of the lockdown, but a couple of us could because we were in the same area and we were social distancing and all that stuff. And uh, so myself, the bass player and drummer, just kept showing up, and we really didn't know what to do. And we're looking at the state of the world, and so we thought, okay, well, let's just keep playing music. Let's just let's just do what we do. And so we'd get together once or twice a week. And um, I said, you know, guys, because it was a country rock band, so I said, let's let's go back to our roots and let's let's just have fun and not worry about releasing anything. And let's just uh, uh, let's do what we love. Let's pay tribute to the stuff we grew up on and all that kind of stuff. And then we started writing songs just for the fun of it. It was just pure rock and roll therapy. And um, we, we did a couple songs and we recorded them on our iPhone and we started kind of playing it around to our manager and a couple other people. And I said, man, you guys got to record this stuff. And then of course, here we are a year and a half later, we ended up recording a whole whack of songs. We ended up uh, starting to release them online. It just started, it, it became a, its own thing. It just, it was never anything we really planned. And uh, which is kind of exciting, actually. It was kind of a nice change because generally I've been a professional musician my whole life since I was a teenager and it's always planned. You know what I mean? You've got to, Let's hire a singer, and let's do this, and let's do that, and let's write some songs. And this time around, for the first time in my life, it wasn't planned. 
and uh, I think it, it came out quite creative and, and quite natural. Now, along that, as at, actually before that, I was going to the Nam show every year when you asked about Frank Stallone guitars, and um, I had reached out, I'd sent them an email, and uh, their president, Gary, had really nice guy, literally called me. He didn't even email, he called me, and we started conversations, and I said, I, you know, you give me a good guy discount on that guitar, and then that led to, you know, I grabbed the guitar and I fell in love with it, and then, of course, I became... I was I was invited to be a brand uh, honored to be a brand ambassador. So that's sort of how that relationship started, and um, and that's uh, as a result, that's how you and I met, and here we are promoting the record. Well, you know, let's give a shout out to Gary Gary Panapinto because he even reached out to me, and it was because of him I got that incredible interview with Stallone. You know, um, oh, yeah, of course. yeah, I mean Frank, that is. How cool, you know, I saw the documentary, it was awesome, but, and then he reached out to me and said, would you want to meet, um, Sean from Trigger Mafia? I was like, absolutely. So I love Gary. Thank you, Gary. Um, so. Yeah, he's an incredible guy. He is. Now, let me ask you, Trigger Mafia, how'd you come up with that name? Well, okay, so when things started to get serious, we recorded a few songs, and we go, okay, this looks like it's going to get released. This looks like we're going to build a story and, you know, and, and move forward. We started, geez, we better come up with a name. And, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, I, I, you mentioned young man in my introduction. Well, I'm not that young. <laughs> I may be a bit younger, but I'm not, and we've been around for a while, and, and so my guys, we've been playing for a few decades, and, um, you know, we wanted a name that, had a sort of a statesman connotation or an elderly sort of, um, and a buddy of mine has said, why don't you guys, why don't you use the word mafia? Because it just has that sort of, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like a gang, club, uh, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit, oh, oh, you know, when you think of guys in a band that says mafia, you don't think of a bunch of 18-year-olds, you know, you think about some older guys that they're, they're serious about what they do. And then, and then of course, we're looking at the state of the world. A lot of the records, really, I, I in the past, I've never really written um, by looking at the world, I just, it was simpler stuff, I guess you could say. And this time around, I, I just, I got concerned with cancel culture and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, um, let's, let's bring, rock and roll is supposed to be about triggering people. It's supposed to be about pissing people off. It's supposed to be about waking you up and thinking about stuff and, and re- being rebellious. And I think a lot of new rock has lost that. So we thought, hey, let's be a little bit rebellious and let's throw the word trigger in front of it and see what happens. <laughs> That's how we came up with the name. That's very cool. So, uh, being Italian, I love the name, of course. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I had a lot of feedback on your photo that I did the ad with, with your glasses on. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were cracking up. They were like, "Is he uh, undercover or is he in hiding?" You know. And I said, "Oh, listen, if I t- <laughs> if I tell you, I gotta kill you." You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, let me go back to, to being, a, you mentioned you're Italian. Well, you know, there's two types of people in the world, right? Go ahead. Yes. And those who want to be. Wish they were Italian. That's right. Exactly. That's right. But you say it nicely because you're, you're from um, Canada and you say it, people who wish yeah. they were. We say and people who want to be. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I'm, being, I'm being polite about it. That's and, right. And I've got no, unfortunately, I have no Italian heritage in me. Although I get asked if I'm Italian a lot because I do have that Roman nose. But <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I I love your accent, man. I love your accent. So I want to. No, you're the one with the accent. That's right. That's right. I heard. So I hear. So I hear. 
So I want to play one of your one of your first songs, and then we're going to talk about this song because this is an important song. It's called "Sit it, Sitting on a Corner." Here we go, guys. Trigger Mafia.
Sean, I absolutely love this song. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Well, uh, well, thank you, by the way. It means a lot. Um, this song, it was written sort of later in, in when we, like I said, we, we started writing songs, and this was kind of one of the later ones, actually. And um, it was as, as the pandemic's kicking in, and the summer was, was in full action by that point, so this is the first summer of the pandemic. You know, there was riots all over the place. There was chaos. You know, there's all that stuff. And I don't want to get into the politics of it, right. but I was just watch, watching it. And um, I, you know, you, all of us kind of felt helpless. We're sitting up here in Canada in the Great White North, eh? And, uh, and basically, we're watching this chaos and going, and it was starting to happen in Canada as well. There was major city stuff happening. And it was really concerning us. And I remember my stepdad saying, you know, when you have a problem or something you're trying to work through or, you know, for whatever reason, put it out, put it into a song. And I, I didn't really do that a lot throughout my career. But I, I, I decided I was going to take his advice and say, I'm going to put this in a song and I'm going to write down how I really feel about what I'm watching. And then, of course, the guys jumped in and helped me out with the lyrics and stuff. And uh, that's how it came about. You know, I'm, I'm sitting on a corner watching the world like, what the hell? we got to figure this out. we got to let's come together. You know, so it's sort of a modern day peace and love song, you know. So, OK, real quick, I just want to piggyback on something you said. You're one of the few artists that I've heard actually say you didn't really put that kind of stuff into a song. The majority of artists say their life becomes their songs. That's that's different to me to hear. No, yeah, no. Before that, I would say I would say I was a little bit a little too much P.T. Barnum. You know, I was, oh. I was uh, you know, I, I, if we're being candid, if we're being honest, yeah, you know, I was I was all you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I I have another business that I run. I've always had that sort of uh, approach. My mom was an entrepreneur, so I always say grew up in that world. And it was all about, you know, I was always the band leader in whatever band I was in, whether I was singing or not. And I was always the guy pushing, come on, we got to get the songs done. we got to get this done. we got to get things rolling. And then and then, as I became more and more of the main writer, I started to bring that approach to it. And I and I found, when I look back at my life, I found, yeah, you know, that's, that's not real art. You know, I would like, as much as I can claim that I've been an artist my whole life, I really feel like I've only just started to become a real artist. And because art is, it's not just something you learn, it's something you have to experience and feel and all these sort of things. And um, this pandemic really turned my life, like, like most people, probably all people, upside down. And all of a sudden I started questioning everything and I started going, wait a second, I've got to become more of an artist. I've got to start really being myself, you know, instead of just trying to be somebody I think the audience wants. And, um, and I sort of did it naturally because I didn't think any of these songs would ever be heard again anyway. So, you know what I mean? I didn't, and I sort of just did, I said, well, are we going to hear this stuff? I might as well be myself. And that was part of the therapy. And that was one of my breakthroughs was, was learning to be a real artist, you know? Wow. And so, yes, I mean, for whatever that means, it means something to me, but. <laughs> no, I mean, I, that's what I love hearing. Um, all right, let me ask you something. So I'm, Elvis is my guy. What'd you think of Elvis? Oh, I loved Elvis. It was uh, my, uh, I remember, uh, I have a very fond memory. It's one of my earliest memories. My mom, when I was really little, um, had rolled me up into soccer, and I was, uh, I, remember, I was so small, six, seven years old or something. It's one of my earliest memories. And she goes, okay, we're going to go to um, uh, whatever it was at the time, Kmart or whatever, and you can buy whatever you want because you did such a good job. And so I said, well, let's go to the, I wanted to go to the record department, right? And I'd seen this, I see this picture of this guy, and he's, you know, 
it looks cool, it looks awesome. And it was a, it was an album called I Got Lucky or Just Got Lucky. I Got Lucky. And I took it home. I Got Lucky. I took it home. And I just fell in love with it. Just the way he sang it. Oh, I Got Lucky. Just, oh, I loved it. I, <laughs> I just the heck out of that record. And it was really the beginning of my musical journey. You know, all of a sudden, now I come from a musical background anyways. You know, um, although my parents were musicians, they had professional musicians on both sides. Their brothers were professional musicians, brothers and some sisters and stuff. And so it was just common in my family. And so that was, that just really, that made me fall in love with music. And of course, I got into other records after that. But yeah, I always played a big Oh part my gosh, can you do that again, that I Got Lucky thing you did? <laughs> well, I Got Lucky. <laughs> Honey, you just made my day, baby. Why do you have to be only 41? Forget it. You're my daughter's age. Darn it! <laughs> All right, so oh, Elvis is timeless, you know. Okay. Elvis is timeless, baby. So I want to give yeah. a shout out to someone in the chat room, um, a few people. But Alley Boy, Alex Augustine, just joined our chat room, and I want you to know who he is. He's not only a DJ on RTR. This guy is an incredible entertainer, and he's worked with everyone, everyone, and anyone. From back in the day, okay, wow. till present. This guy knows everybody. He's been on stage with everybody. And he's yeah. listening to you. I just want you to know that. Oh, wow. Okay? Oh, so, I'm honored. Uh, we, have, um, we have Sean Meehan from Trigger Mafia here, who also, your role with Stallone Guitars again, what's your role? Well, I'm, I'm, I, I am, I've been given the honor to be a brand ambassador. Yes. Um, I just fell in love with the guitar, and I just... Yes. Uh, struck okay. up a friendship with Gary, the president, and uh, and it just turned into that, which is really cool. So cool. All right, so I want to let Alex hear that. All right, so now, um, what's the name of your new album? Well, it, it, it's, uh, the running name right now is, again, we're not going to release it until the fall, but okay. I think we're going to call it The Brotherhood. The Brotherhood, because in cue, that's the song we're going to play right now, and then we're going to talk about this, because I absolutely love this song, The Brotherhood Song. Here we go, guys. Thank you.
Sean, before we talk about this, I just want to give a shout out, first of all, to the owners of RTR, Steve and Angel, because without this platform, we wouldn't be keeping this music going, especially this past year where everyone needed it. I want to say hello to Babalu, who's in chat. He's always my first guy, front and center seat. I love you. Thank you for being there. I want to say hello to Karen and Timid One. And I got messages from Limpy in Australia. He shared it. They, they're so faithful to me, Sean. It's amazing. Okay. Um, Ireland, she shared it. And Hong Kong, Shirley in Hong Kong, she shared it. Okay. Um, it's Ella in, in Ireland. It's just been amazing. So you are now all over the world, young man. And you are a young man to me. You're my daughter's age. <laughs> so let's talk about this song because this song means a lot, Brotherhood. Absolutely. It's probably to me, uh, the, I don't want to say my favorite, but maybe it is, or my, the most important song I've ever written in my life. I really believe that. It's, well, it's the, the most meaningful to me, anyways. Um, it's, it's, you know, when I think back on my life and all the trials and tribulations, you know, pretty much everyone kind of leaves you in the darkest of times, but I can, I can narrow down one or two guys that were always there, no matter what, when they really, really shouldn't have been. <laughs> And they were still there, and they were still fighting for me to keep going. And and I'd like to think I did the same thing for them. And um, uh, it's it, it, it was. And I didn't want to, you know. I just I think there's enough love songs in the world, you know, the whole boy meets girl thing, and that's fine. They're wonderful. And but I, I just didn't want to go down that road. I wasn't feeling that. I wanted to. I wanted to pay a tribute. I don't think there's enough of that. Paying a tribute to your best friend. You know, uh, it could have been called a sisterhood song, you know, it's just because I'm a guy. So I just thought, OK, I'm going to put a tribute to my, right. my brothers, you know. Right. But but um, it's the same meaning. If you call it, you just think, change the words, you mean it to you, a sisterhood song. It's just really about having each other's backs uh, in through the good and the bad. And and because I've been writing in the country genre for about 10 to 12 years, when I listen back to the song, I really learned a lot from that genre because... What what country songs are really good at, I find, uh, above all the genres, they tell great stories. And so I wanted to, instead of just saying, "Hey, I know this guy, and we're buddies," and I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the inspiration of that that brotherhood, that friendship, and then I'm gonna tell a story, an archetypal type story. And um, and uh, that, I guess, that's what I came up with. <laughs> well, I absolutely love it because you're right. There are going to be people in our lives that are going to stick with us and some that won't. And that song, that song meant a lot to me as well. So I have, that's, I think that's my favorite song you've done. So I love it. It it, it seems to be a lot of people's favorite song around our inner circle. So it looks like we did a radio edit of it and it looks like we're going to go to radio in Canada with it um, sometime later in the summer. Uh, We weren't even going to release it as a single, but the reaction, we just released the video recently. So you can go check out the video it's available on YouTube and on Facebook and all that. But um, it, it's, uh, it just got such a great reaction out of the game. We thought, we, maybe we should go to radio with this one. So, yeah. Well, I posted one of your videos of you goofing around on the, on the guitar. I <laughs> flipped out. I'm yeah. like, J- you know what it is? <laughs> Listening to you play, but then watching you play while you're playing is even more. So, guys, go on my FaceTube or go check him <laughs> out. Watching him play the guitar, he's incredible. Okay, I just had to say Thank that. You. I had to say that. Thank so, <clears throat> um, so Alex Augustine typed, "Hey, this is very good." You know what that means, right? That means I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
right, yay! There you go, baby. There you go. So now we're gonna play. We're gonna play. The title of the song is MFG. Yeah. Okay, and then we'll talk about yeah. it and what the title means. Okay. Here we go. You got it. Me and the Lord. We got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. tell you something. Alex says something in the chat room that I agree with because Killer Joe is a friend of mine as well. And he says that you remind him of his pal, Killer Joe. You both have that energy in your voice. Alex, I love Killer oh, Joe. Cool. Yes. Thank 
Yes. That's very sweet. Thank you very much. Yes, I interviewed Killer Joe a few years ago. Um, I love him. So, um, awesome. tell us about this song. MFG. Well, you know, um, as you obviously you just all just heard the song. It, it, it's short permission from God, but I didn't. I didn't want to title it that. I wanted people to be drawn in. You know, sometimes when you mention the word God, it, it can it can offend some people. It can alienate them or whatever. And I didn't want to alienate anybody. I just wanted to, and it's really kind of a tribute. Uh, a little bit of it is, is a tribute, and a little bit of inspiration from the Blues Brothers because we all love the Blues Brothers. We're big fans, and you know, obviously from the intro, but also um, it's kind of a, a, a spiritual look at myself. And um, I, I, it's really weird with this song because I have a hard time really understanding what the song's about. You know what I mean? I, I just, I just started to just write these lyrics out. You're like, again, right? Therapy. I mean, you're, you're a life coach. I think you understand this. It was, it was a form of therapy. I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to write down how it's feeling and that's sort of how it came out. Right. So, um, you know, I I know it's a hard, this one's a hard one to explain or talk about. It really is because it's a bit abstract. When you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of an abstract, uh, point of view. And I think it's got to be one of those songs where it's got to mean whatever it means to you. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Okay. I love the way you just put that. 100% right. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank you. So now we're going to play, we have a couple more songs left, I think three, um, and we should get them all in. We're going to play Find a Better Way, and I love the title. Here we go, guys. Trigger Mafia.
I think everyone, everyone, everyone can relate to that song. Tell us about that song, Sean. Well, again, it's, 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 it's very similar to Sitting on a Corner, uh, but this one was written earlier. It was, um, it was, I think it was like the third or fourth song, and again, things were heating up around the world and riots and pandemic and all that stuff, and um, it was really concerning us. And, and instead of taking sides, um, I was hoping to, and I know I speak for the band as well when we were sitting down writing this, is we were hoping to sort of um, come up with, you know, again, another piece of love song, another bringing people together. Bring, you know, let's, let's, let's focus on, on the, the, a positive result and not, you know, turning on each other and things like that. So. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, we have two more songs to play, but why don't you tell everyone how they can reach out to you and anything you need to let them know? Well, the best way is just go to TriggerMafia.com. So, um, and all our all our social media handles are there. You can join up uh, to our email list. Um, we, we release a monthly newsletter. Next one's coming out next next week. Um, these songs are all getting released every 28 days uh, online. And then eventually we're going to have a full-length album uh, that we'll, we'll release before the end of the year. Um, we release, we do we do weekly jams. So if you want to see how we play live, we, we're literally every week we release a jam every Monday and um, uh, official videos every month for the singles. And uh, yeah, so, and also too, uh, if you do join our email list, um, we do monthly uh, get what we call giftaways. Uh, right now we're giving away t-shirts and things like that. Eventually, you brought up Rice Stone Guitar. We are, we are talking about um, doing a joint effort and uh, giving away a signed uh, guitar. Get uh, out! <laughs> yeah. Later later in the year when we go to release the album, it'll be part of a promo thing. Yeah. That's cool. I don't play guitar, but I'd love to win that. All right. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you got to let me know. Let me know how to do it. All right. So, mm-hmm. very cool. All right. So now, turn it up. Here we go, guys.
Turn it up, baby. Tell us about this song. Oh, this one is a song that's been a while, around for a while. I wrote this with uh, two local producer writers uh, way back in around 2008, and it was it was a, a band that uh, did really it did, that song did really well on Canadian radio. It went top 30, and um, uh, you know, and then that band folded. And I always felt that that song just uh, had a good shot, and I thought, let's have fun with it and let's let's cover it. And the guy said, sure, let's do it. And so it doesn't really tie in as much to the theme of the rest of the record uh it you know it's just a fun time you know <laughs> it's kind of kind of party rock song but i thought let's throw it in there anyways and see if the fans would enjoy it that's why we did it well i mean i love it you know um again i grew up with a lot of this music so and i you know i love you sean and i love you even more now because of your elvis story <laughs> okay. Yes, I would never have thought that. So I'm super happy about that. I'm going to well, be. Who's not influenced by Elvis? No, I, I. But I never would have thought it was your first record. So that's pretty cool yeah, to me. That, okay. Yeah, it's like, it's the chance of it. Yeah, it's that interesting. Eh? It was the first. It really set me on my musical journey. There you sure. go. Hey, I love it. Take <laughs> <laughs> uh, off me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. So let's play your last song in queue called "Drink What You Drink." Okay, and then we're going to talk about this one. Here we go, guys.
Sean, I love the instrumentals in this. Tell us about this song. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, part of our, like, once once we'd written a bunch of songs, and it looked like, okay, we gotta, you know, put this out there, we, we, um, we came up with a social media strategy. We thought, you know, let's, since we can't tour, and since, you know, and, and we were still getting together every week, then let's put out some jams. Let's just start having some fun, and, and just, you know, just getting the word out there, and, and, um, and this was the first jam we threw together. We put it together, and we thought, okay, let's. What are we going to do? I don't know. I've got a riff, and uh, and all of a sudden, I said, well, let's pay tribute to all our heroes. Everybody in their solos pay tribute to your, your heroes. So that's why when you when you listen to the bass solo, for example, you can hear uh, there's two Rush licks. There's you know Y Y Z, and then he plays something from you know uh, that same song later in the solo. And if you listen to um, uh, the drum solo, you know he's paying tribute to John Bonham, and then you know because when we go to the chord change, we're actually um, you know, I think we played a Moby Dick riff there for three seconds. So, so it, it was just um, uh, it's kind of a musical tribute to all our, or, you know, to our our heroes. And then it was really nonchalantly just a jam we were going to post and forget about. And the jam did so well, like it was incredibly well. Like the, the amount of views and likes and shares, we thought we would better take this one seriously. And so we were going to call it darn thing, and we were we were having a conversation with one of our promo people. And uh, when the when the when the conversation was over, it was, okay, guys, uh, go drink what you drink and roll what you roll there, and have a great rehearsal. <laughs> and we at each other and went, that's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> that's so cool. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's like you know. But I love that you guys put in like whoever you loved, like a little mix of. All, I think that's so cool. I didn't know that. Well, again, the, the project started as just rock and roll therapy. It was just fun. It was just, it was it was going back to our roots of when we were kids. You know, I, my first band. I was I was 13 years old. I was with it was my my 11 year old brother and um, our two schoolmates. So my 13 year old schoolmate and his 11 year old schoolmate. And we started this little band called the Brats, and we would just to get to get the every day after school, and we would just try to figure out stuff. We would just try to figure out how to play riffs and how to, from our favorite bands, and that's all it was. There was no. It was pure, just getting together, bonding playing music there was no ambition behind it or anything like that but just to like and i remember sitting at school waiting all day i couldn't look at the clock and like oh i can't wait to get i can go over to my buddies to play this rehearse and, and play music and figure stuff out and and it, and it kind of came first full circle during the pandemic i i i i'd lost that i'd lost that, that oh, sort of, okay. uh, not that not that playing music is uh, well there's always been fun there's no place I'd rather be than playing live but but it had lost a little bit of that right. childhood innocence to it for me. Sure. And this brought it back. This great. brought it back. Beautiful. It's a great midlife crisis for all of us. Beautiful. <laughs> so we're coming to the close yeah. of the show. And be, I want to say my thank yous to everybody and to you especially, Sean. But I want to let everyone know to hang around because Alex Augustine's show is after mine, um, 1 p.m. So don't go anywhere, guys. Um, I want to thank you, Sean, for giving me this incredible interview because, again, a piece of my heart belongs to this music and um i want to thank you it's absolutely beautiful and again shout out to gary thank him for this for the introduction to you and thank you gary uh, and i think you're incredible sean hey thank you so much likewise jerry it's been uh, uh, this, this interview went by so fast Yes. Usually they don't, they don't go by this fast. <laughs> Everybody tells me that. So even when I do two-hour interviews, they're like, two hours, Joe. I'm like, trust me. And then it'll be like an hour and 45, and I'll be like, listen, we got to close soon. You're kidding me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I can tell you're a life coach because you, 
it wasn't your typical interview. It wasn't your typical questions, and 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 you're sort of bringing stuff out of me without almost asking the question. You know, you just set up the question, and next thing you know, I'm uh, I feel like. Uh, you know, I, I'm in my psychology. Oh, I like, love oh, it. <laughs> you know what? You just made me realize something. Okay, so I'm going to put this out there publicly. I get messages all the time, and I'm not just saying this. And Karen's in the chat room, and she knows me, and she could attest to this. I get messages all the time. Jerry, thank you so much for that show. You don't know how much it helped me. And I, I'm like, how did that show help you? And I'm... And someone said something similar to what you just said, and now I think I get it because I don't even realize I do it that way because that's my nature. You just helped yeah, me understand absolutely. something, Sean. Thank you, uh, sweetheart. Absolutely, it, it was it was very uh, uh, I would dare to say therapeutic because I like again when you asked me about MFG, for example, I realized I never described this song before. Next thing you know, I'm I'm answering my own questions. <laughs> oh my gosh, because when I listen to people's music, you know? I get a feel for things and I'm like, okay, explain this. Thank you, Sean. You just made, you just yeah, gave me yeah. a little therapy session right there. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> so, amazing. So everybody, yeah, you got to yeah. check out Trigger Mafia. Come on, man. Sean Meehan. And yeah. let me tell you something. Go on my Facebook wall, seriously, because I posted that fun video of him playing and it rocks. It rocks. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. So, I was just, I was just goofing around. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to say thank you to everyone who's listening, everyone in the chat room, of course. And I want to say please share this. I'm going to download it. We are being heard live all over the world. I'm going to download it and share it to Facebook. Sean, you have two minutes to say anything else you'd like to say to your fans out there. Well, I want to start by saying it to you first. I want to thank you for um, supporting independent music. I want to thank you for um, just this platform. So thank you so much. And thanks for the therapy session. Hopefully the bill won't be large. But uh, <laughs> No bill, baby. <laughs> so um, join the club. Come and join the mafia, you know, the trigger mafia. Become a mobster. Uh, go to our website. As soon as you go to the website, um, uh, uh, a window will pop up to join our email list. Uh, you know, and, and become an exclusive member and uh, come along for the ride because we're going to be pumping out a lot of music over the next few years. So, And uh, Alex is saying very good. He enjoyed it. And Karen is saying thank you. They're all giving you shout-outs. They loved it. So thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Much love to everybody. Much love to everybody. So you know what? Let me. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to close out with my theme song again. And we're done, guys. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And listen, guys, if you're going to be an ass, be a smart ass, not a dumb ass, okay? Because 30 years ago, I was a dumb ass. And July, this July 27th, I will be celebrating 30 years of being a smart ass. That's right. And only by the grace of God, I'm here. Here we go, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito.
One day at a time, free at last. 